Welcome to the RE Effect Podcast. It's your girl, Miss Jovan. As you know, October is set aside for Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Today, I will be doing an interview with a breast cancer survivor, Debbie. Stay tuned as she share her journey. Welcome, Debbie, to the Art Podcast. I'm so glad that you're here with me today to discuss your journey with breast cancer. When were you first diagnosed with breast cancer? February the 28th, 2018. And what was going through your mind when the doctor said you have cancer? Um, I was just like, not me. They ain't talking about me. So you were like in denial pretty much in the beginning. Um, I, Pretty much all through it, I think I was in denial. At I just what, went along with the program because I was. Go ahead. No, I was I was going to ask at what point did you accept that the fact that that's that you had cancer? I guess when I seen my name, when I was going through my procedure and I started seeing my name on the papers, I was like, oh, this is for real. You know. Mm-hmm. And what was your treatment process like? Mine was, it wasn't that bad. Mine, because of the doctors that I had, you know, you get a, you get a team, you get a surgery doctor, you get a, um, you get um, a team of doctor radiations and other doctors. But anyway, they really told me what to look for as far as um, chemo, um, the day, how many days you have to go, and what to expect with the chemo as far as um, um, fatigue. Um, they do tell you to drink a lot of water after you had your chemo, chemo so you can flush everything down. The radiation wasn't bad at all, um, but they like informed me of stuff to do. It's just that one time in my process, I didn't drink enough water because you can get constipated and other things can happen to you that I didn't do. And I found that out the hallway, but that only happened one time. So did you also include any or was any um, natural remedies included in your process? No, they didn't really include natural stuff. Mostly, I mean, it was like the basic. Um, you know, you have to drink plenty of water. You got to eat properly, and you need to get your sleep. If you need the medicine, you can take it. Um, if not, you know, it was fine with them. But their most important thing is that you do not fall. Okay, and when you were, did you have to change your diet? I know you said you had to drink a lot of water, but did you find yourself? during the process of going through it, changing your eating habits at all? I didn't be, um, but the smell of food made me sick. So when I first started taking my chemo process, I would just eat stuff like crackers, um, bread, um, soup. The smell of any type of food made me sick. So I had to keep it like something that didn't have a smell to it. Okay. And would you consider your doctors and the medical staff that you had sympathetic, that they were sympathetic to your diagnosis? Um, 
I'll consider them, yes. The first set of, well, my first, my surgeon doctor, he, when you come in there, they use all these medical terms and you really don't understand them. Mm-hmm. So he brought in another a lady doctor and for me, and she just broke it all down and telling me, you know, because you have options, you you different options that you can have. You have your breast removed, you can get the lump removed. And mine was just a lump. Mine was like two. Um, mine was like two. Um, I can't even think of the word, but yeah, mine wasn't that bad. I think it's important. You you brought up a good point. I think it's important when you whenever you go to your physician or a physician, any type of specialist or medical professional, I think it's important for them to give it to you in a medical, you know, professional terms. But I think it's also important for them to break it down in layman's terms for, you know, everyone to understand. Because when they say certain terms, you know, not understanding it can cause confusion or, you know, you're not properly doing what Mm -hmm. you need to do. So I think it's important that they, you know, do that. Did you pref- did you feel like a male doctor, you know, was more sympathetic, or the female doctor was more sympathetic for you? I think that the male doctor he was sympathetic, but the only thing about him is he was doing everything in the doctor's perspective. You know, telling me stuff in the doctor's way. So he did bring in the lady doctor, like I said, and she came in. She listened to him go over everything with me. And they mm-hmm. really kind of scare you when they go in there because, first of all, you're just finding out that you have cancer. Then you're figuring out all the process that you have to go through. Like, it's a year process through this whole cancer thing. For me, anyway, it was a year process. Not saying that I don't go back, but after the radiation and everything else is over with, you go back for your checkup. But she put it more, she said it in a different way and where you can understand it. And like she said, when she came in, she said, look, I'm going to tell you as if you was my daughter or my my niece or my cousin or my, a relative of my family. She said that it is a process. Some people take it in different ways. And the whole time you're hearing these people talking to you, you still haven't even processed the fact that you had cancer. You know, because mm-hmm. everything is done so fast. So it's like, wait a minute, one minute y'all telling me I got cancer, now y'all telling me I got to go through A, B, and C. And then you want to tell me it's a day going to get processed. Then the radiation, you got to go every day. What? It's like a lot to comprehend at one time. Right. So you just had, it was just like somebody just was just hitting everything, throwing darts all at once, and you just trying to duck and dodge to figure it all out. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Did you suffer hair loss? And I'm asking that question because a lot of women, you know, women, their hair tends to be like their defining moment. It defines you. You can be having a bad day, but if you go get your hair done for some reason, it makes you feel like you're a whole new woman. So did you suffer hair loss? That's true. That's true. I did. did. And then I think that was one of my biggest things. You know, um, I like to look good. Like you said, you want your hair done and everything. But my hair started coming out, and then I end up just cutting it all long, bald. Mm-hmm. At first, I started wearing the scarves. Then I, as it started progressing, and then I started letting it grow back out. It was fine. But they told me that. He said some people had come out, some people had don't come out. He was like, but um, most of the time it's fine. My nurse, my lady told me, she said, do not put a perm or anything in your hair within two years. She, that's what she would recommend. But, you know, us being Black people, we just want to go ahead and perm. I permed my hair like two weeks after I got my surgery. Mm-hmm. 
and it didn't it didn't go through because it was still fine and everything. That was because of chemo and I was still going through the process. I just perm my hair what two months ago and now it's back straight like I like it. Yeah, so you I didn't look at that. I want to scroll. So you didn't look at the doctor. Weeks, no. <laughs> But you know what, though, a lot of times we don't. Like, doctors will say, and it's not even just with cancer, with any diagnosis, they can say, okay, you know, ma'am or sir, you have diabetes, and this is the things that you need to stay away from. And it seems to be we do the opposite. As patients, we run towards what they say stay away from. So that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Now, I did stay away from um, excuse me. I did stay away from getting my nails done and get my fingers on my toes done. I didn't do that for the whole year or two. I didn't do that. But far as hair, I mean, the first time you see a person, you see their head, their face, their hair. Yeah, right. I did try to permit. So why couldn't you? Why didn't? You, why did you stay away from getting your nails and toes and things done? Was it a medical reason? I don't, well, my doctor just Leslie, um was like because they don't want them to absent, um, make a mistake and cut you. You know, they, okay. they don't want you to have no kind of cuts or folds. So oh, he was okay. like, if you can stay away from that. I had people there that went anyway, but as far as me, I just did that part I wasn't too keen about. But as far as my hair, yeah, I did. Two weeks later, I was taking part. What helped you get through all of this? What helped you be like, was it your your spiritual foundation? Was it music? Was it a book? Like, what helped you get through this process? I think it was a combination of both. It was the family. I had family support. I had the um, music, like you said, when you get in your treatment, sometimes you want to listen to music. I had people that had cancer in my family. And then in the beginning, that was the worst thing that scared me is because I've seen a lot of my people that had cancer. Mm-hmm. My, my aunt sent them that had cancer that passed away. So that did kind of scare me a little bit. But, you know, I just look at it. What's for you is for you. God has the answer to everything. And if it's your time to go, ain't nothing you can do about it anyway. So I was like, okay, Lord, I'm on your hand. Whatever you do, I'm, I'm going to go with it. But the whole time, when I even when I got my surgery, I was up moving around because I didn't feel down or bad or anything. And I wasn't going to pretend to feel that way. So I was up washing clothes, moving around. Down a couple of days, I did overdo it. I might hit the rest the rest of the night or the rest of the, the week or something. But most of the time, I was up and about. You just mentioned that like, you, you, know, you, know, you just mentioned you had surgery. What exactly surgery did you have? Did you have a, a mastectomy or did you just have the lump itself removed? I just had the lump itself removed. Okay. She was, I mean, my doctor told me I could have evil or, but she was saying a lot of people, when they say cancer, they just, you know, freak out and want their whole lump, all to, I mean, their whole breast taken off or both of them taken off. She said, but since mine was 2%, she was saying, you're, you know, you're still young. You, you, you probably can handle it. So I was like, okay, let me go with this. So, but so far I've been good. And how long have you been cancer free? Two years. That time I made two years. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's really good. Do you view your life differently after this experience compared to how you may have viewed your life before your diagnosis? No. 
Mm-mm. Only thing difference is, you know, I, you get tired sometimes. You know, you don't have that strength like you used to have. But I also say that that's part of, you know, getting older. And even when they was asking me about the high flashes and stuff, that I have that? I was like, I don't know whether it came from the surgery or I was having head flash, high flashes even before I found out. So I really, you know, you know. Recently in the news, it was a celebrity who came forward and indicated that she was at stage three breast cancer and she avoided getting mammogram, routine mammograms done because she had seen what her mother went through with the process. So pretty much it was a fear of her. So she just did not agree to it. And she stressed her message because she wanted people to understand the importance of getting their mammograms done in the annual checkup is how did you discover? Was it due to a routine mammogram check or you found it on your own? I found mine on my own. Um, I don't know why. I think because uh, my aunt sent them to have it. They um, specify when you take your shower that you after you to get out the shower, you need to, you know, fill your breath and make sure even the doctors tell you to look at it. And when I found it, it was a really, really little lump. So when I went to my doctor, made the appointment for my doctor, I explained to him that I have a little lump. So when I, he sent me to the mammogram and stuff that year, nothing came up. And I'm still telling him in between time, there's something wrong because as time got on, it started getting a little bigger. And I was like, something ain't right. So when I would call him back, went back to him, he had me do a um, sonogram. And it came up on a sonogram. They say early detection is the key to your chances of having a great survival or a better chance of survival. Do you agree with that? I think... In a way, yeah, but I think it all depends on your spiritual, um, how you take it once you find out that you have cancer. Um, like I said, with me, I was in denial for a long time, even saying this, even when I'm going to the doctor to get my paper, I'm still saying this is not me, but I'm doing all the procedures that I'm supposed to get. Even when I went to my surgery, I was like, this can't be me. I'm dreaming, you know. So I was in denial at the time, but I'm like, yeah, I, I think it all depends on the person. I think positive attitude goes a long way. You know, it, I think it helps with the healing process to view it from a different perspective. So I think that's a, a good yeah. thing to have. And I think that helps, you know, when a person is going through any illness or anything in life. Exactly. What, exactly. what would you say... What would you say to someone who was recently diagnosed with breast cancer? Wow. Oh, wow. Someone that's recently diagnosed with breast just hold your head up, have faith, and keep on going. Live your life. Yeah, live your life. I can say, because I know you personally, I can say that I, I will say that you did live your life. I believe that you handle your diagnosis with grace. And if I was to walk past you, I couldn't even tell. Like your mood never changed. Your personality never changed. You still remain who you were before the diagnosis. Like you just, you never changed. And I think, like I said, as far as the positive part, I think that played a key part in it. You 
didn't exactly. allow cancer to have you. You actually walked having cancer. You took control of the cancer exactly. because of your positive exactly. energy. So what is your treatment plan mm-hmm. like now? Do you have to still go, you know, to your follow-up appointments? If so, how often do you have to go to the doctor? Okay, when they first, um, the, after they released me and everything, I had to go every three months. And now it's every six months. I just had a mammogram done. Matter of fact, Wednesday, I just had one done. And it came, I mean, it came back pretty positive. I mean, it's good. I'm good. That's good. So do you have to get the mammogram and the um, ultrasound done like you did before? Because remember you said that the first time you get the mammogram, you didn't detect it. So are they doing both just to make sure or you're just satisfied with the mammogram result? Right now, because I do still self examine my breast myself I'm okay with the mammogram but if I feel or you would think that I should get the sonogram done too then I would you know suggest it to them or if they think so if they see something but I think mine's was um what they call it? I can't even think of it now but mine invisible yes so mine was kind of hard okay. to well I want to thank you I'm glad that you survived to tell your story and to share your encouragement with someone else who may be going through the same thing Um, I chose to do this interview in honor of Breast Cancer Awareness Month and I'm just hoping that everyone goes to get a routine mammogram done make sure you do yourself uh, breast check and the other thing is which is very interesting to a lot of people is that men can have breast cancer as well and I That's think a true. lot of people sometimes sometimes forget that. So, fellas, make sure you mm-hmm. go and have your annual uh, physicals and, you know, check, make sure you get all your tests and everything done. Because the goal is to try to catch things early so that we can treat it because we want you to stick around because there's purpose in your life. So, exactly. here at the RUF podcast, go ahead. Not only that, I think we should know how to check ourselves and know our bodies too. That plays a big part of it. That is true, as well as our family history. Exactly. Yeah, and I think that's that's a very important part of it. Um, your family history, knowing your body, and doing the annual checks as well. Well, mm-hmm. Debbie, I want to thank you for joining the RE Effect podcast today. It's been a pleasure to do this interview with you. And if I had to sum it all up for our word of the week, the one word I would choose to use is survivor. No matter what you're going through in life, know that you can survive it with a positive attitude, having faith, finding good people to be around you to bring forth positive energy. And no matter what comes your way, always remember that you can get through it. You can survive. You will survive because you were built for this. Uh-huh.